Hey there, it's Jason. Welcome to the Jason Wright Show, where the mission is very simple. It is to improve always in all ways. Look, I am on a mission to create the absolute best version of myself. And through the Jason Wright Show, I let you know everything I'm doing to make that happen. I interview incredible, remarkable, brilliant individuals from all different walks of life. And I also try to bring you tools, tactics, and protocols that will help you in your own personal mission to improve always in always. Now, let's get started. Hey, I want to be in your pocket. I know it sounds weird, but hear me out. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download the Vitruvian Lab app. This is the only app you need to improve always in all ways. Check out the Vitruvian Library, full of scientific research on health, wellness, and other great stuff. Check out my library of courses, including Massively Transformative Habits. Take the free mindset assessment. Also, Shortly, I will include weekly guided training videos geared towards fitness to help you extend health span. I will be constantly updating the app with new features and courses geared towards helping you develop the absolute best version of yourself. Don't wait. Go right now. No, seriously, go and download the Vitruvian Lab app and start improving always in all ways. Now, enjoy this amazing episode of The Jason Wright Show. Hey folks, welcome to the Jason Rice Show. I am so glad that you've tuned in today because I've got a big message for you and it is to stop, stop right now if you do this. If you are like me, someone who did this for years and years and years, I'm telling you right now, stop. Don't do it. Don't ever do it again. What is this thing that I'm ranting and raving about? Comparing yourself to others. In fact, trying to be better than someone else. Now you're gonna be like, wait a minute, Jason, that can't be right. If I am in a competitive situation, I have got to be better than the other guy. Yeah, no. You can do that, but guess what? You're going to get very frustrated and aggravated. Do you know why? Because the other guy, you have no control over the other guy's work ethic, their natural gifts and talents, the circumstances to which they were born, the environment in which they were born to and that they have grown up in, the instruction, the teaching, everything that they've been given, you have zero control over that other human being and how they've developed into who they are. The only person that you have any control whatsoever over is you. And whenever I say that, I'm saying the same thing to myself. I'm telling you, this is something that caused me great consternation and misery for years. Teddy Roosevelt once said, comparison is the thief of joy or comparison to others, I guess, is the thief of joy. I think that's what the actual quote, how the actual quote goes. And it's so very true because what we're doing is we're comparing ourselves to something that we will never be able to control or attain. The only thing, all the energy wasted on watching what other thing, what other people are doing, the things they're achieving, the gifts they have, the talents they have, what's it going to do? It's going to frustrate you. It's only going to frustrate you. A guy like Jason Wright, who started out as a non-legacy, non-pedigreed country boy from Sulphur Springs, Texas, right? None of my family had ever gone to college, okay? So that guy, the chances of me 
getting to go to an Ivy League school and tap into the network that is that of the Ivy grads with slim and none. Now, I have a choice. Whenever I got into the workforce, I remember this. I remember one time I was at Home Depot sitting around a table and we were all going around talking about where we'd gone to school. And it was a, an executive program, a lot of really bright people. They brought me in, I guess, to round out a curve or something like that. And we're going around the table talking to, at the time, Dennis Donovan, the number two uh, person at the Home Depot that worked directly with Bob Nardelli, the CEO. And I mean, all these accomplished people were, were around the table, people that had been to the military academies, you know, West Point, Air Force Academy, we had a Naval Academy guy. One of my closest friends uh, had his MBA from LSU and went to undergrad at, uh, at, um, at, uh, at West Point. And then all these other, like, I think we had at least one HBS grad, Harvard Business School, a Kellogg, a Wharton. And then it gets to me, Jason Wright, Stephen F. Austin State University, undergrad. Okay, no masters from anywhere. <laughs> and if and I remember what I did whenever I was working around these people is I started setting out to get my MBA. Not because I thought it would make me smarter, not because I thought that it was something that I really needed, but I was comparing myself to all these other people. And what this did is it stole my focus. Instead of being the absolute best in Jason Wright that I could possibly be doing my work as well as I could, as I possibly could, paying as much attention, be, you know, just doing all the things to be an, a truly impactful and effective employee. Instead of doing that, what I started trying to do is to make myself more like the other people around me that I had no control over. Yes, so so that so what if I went and got an MBA at Harvard Business School? I still, that still doesn't change that I'm not that person and I don't have the same, the same exact abilities and gifts. The only thing I can do is to try to make myself better. Now, granted, if making myself better is to do some of the things that these people have done, that's what I'm, and that's one of the things I want to make sure you take away from this is it's not me saying, don't look at people that have done great things and try to mirror some of their habits. Absolutely not do that. That's why I think it's it's more of a going a step further and saying, don't try to be better than anyone else. Fine, emulate some of the, the, the behaviors of people that have been wildly successful. I've said that a million times. But if you are taking your eye off your own work, your own self-development, your own improvement, your own being the best version of yourself that you can possibly be because you're staring at someone else trying to beat them and be better than them, you are going to find yourself in a world of frustration. You know, this goes to John Wooden, uh, the former NCAA basketball coach of the legendary UCLA Bruins. I think they won... 10 national championships in 12 years when and they went I think multiple undefeated seasons I know they had at least one for sure they I think they went on like an over 80 game win streak I mean just legendary and I talk about coach Wooden a lot I just think that he epitomizes a great leader a compassionate leader his players loved him um he he just I don't know the guy seemingly did everything right and one of the things about Coach Wooden is he 
practice this. His father once told him, never try to be better than anyone else. And he, and what he was doing, his dad was telling him to constantly focus on being the best John Wooden you can possibly be. And this is how he coached his players. He never talked about scores. And here's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about Coach Wooden. That's, and when they hear it, they think it's crazy. There's two really cool practices that he did as the head coach at UCLA. Or I say, there's two really cool things he didn't do. One, he did not recruit. Coach Wooden did not recruit. He did not go out. He didn't send scouts out looking at high schools to bring players to UCLA. If you wanted to play for UCLA, you needed to reach out to UCLA and ask to be a part of the program. Okay. Now, I think there is one instance where this came to play where they, I think they really pressured uh, Coach Wooden to go after a guy named Lou Alcinder. And for those of you who don't recognize Lou Alcinder, you probably recognize the name Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he didn't go, I think that he made some contact with um, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's parents, maybe, and they finally came to UCLA, and there was a, it was a decision that was made on campus there with, because this was during some pretty racially charged times, and when the, when Lou Alcindor, or Kareem's parents met coach Wooden and they found out how he was handling some of the issues of the day with regard to giving uh, students of color uh, a voice and supporting them then they realized this is a guy that's not just about winning basketball games he's about shaping young men and so I don't but he still he didn't go out and recruit Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like the way all the other universities would do here's another thing that he didn't do he did not scout his opponents he didn't scout his opponents he he knew their general game plan because he didn't live in that much of a bubble but he didn't do like most other universities do. Most universities will take their scout team, they will suit them up as the opposing team, and they will run their their plays based on film and, and what scouts have reported. UCLA did not do that under John Wooden. Here's why. He used to say, they will play our game. We're not going to play theirs. They're going to have to react to what we do. We are not going to be reactive to what they do because here's the thing. We control what we do. We're, we're, that's all we can control. We can't, instead of taking the time to try to constantly guess what plays they would run, guess how they would, they would attack, guess how they would defend the Bruins. Instead, he's like, no, we are going to focus on our game plan and be so fine-tuned and understanding and able to execute our game plan that they are going to have to react to us. And that's the point I'm making with you today. You need and I need to take extreme care, caution, and diligence in making sure that we are only comparing ourselves to who we were yesterday, to who we were a year ago. Are we getting better or are we falling behind? Are we staying consistent are we not? Are we more valuable to the marketplace today than we were yesterday and the day before and the year before and two years before? Or is there something that we've neglected? Are we sitting on our laurels? Are we just, just getting complacent? And this is really tough for some of us who have had some pretty serious success. When we get to the point where we think there's no reason to improve, then that's when we start to stagnate and die. It's Look, the human body, the human mind, intelligence, innovation, that we have within us, it's all a use it or lose it proposition. If you are not improving, then guess what? You are losing value. 
to the marketplace or whatever you whatever you determine. If you're not learning how to be uh, the best version of yourself, then you will just it's like it's like anything. It's like a the most beautiful, perfect car on earth that has that is tended to but never driven. It's going to eventually not drive as well as it once did. You have to get that thing out and put it on the road and do what it was made to do. But don't compare yourself to someone else. Never, ever, ever compare yourself and and try to be better than anyone else. Because here's the thing, and a lot of this, you know, if I had been the type of person that was constantly, like if I continued in this line like I was when I was talking about working with these, these very bright and accomplished people, there are different, sort. I could do, okay, first of all, I could get angry and pissed off that some of them that went to Harvard Business School grew up on the East Coast, went to incredibly uh, good undergraduate schools, well-known Ivy League undergrads, right? Um, I could have been focused, if, if you, I was not, it's not fair to me when they were born to much better circumstances. Now, in that instance, and here's the thing that you can do, there's two people, there's two types of people, there's the type of person that will look at that and get pissed off and angry because their circumstances were so much better than mine, they were born, their, their, their parents were networked, they had, they were legacies, they had all these advantages that I didn't have. So I'm just going to be angry and say that we need to shift society in such a way that that can't happen, that they cannot have privileges and benefits that I do not have. You can do that and you can make that your cause. Again, you're looking at what they have and what you don't have and you're, and you're going to constantly try to go get the world to change so that their privilege is taken away. Somehow yours is it's given to you and that will somehow equal the playing field. Okay, that's one strategy. Uh, you could also determine, you know what, I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do whatever I can to outpace that person. I will, even though given my circumstances, I don't care. I, I must go to Harvard. I must do this. I must do that. I will become a, a partner at Goldman Sachs before I'm 40. It's going to happen. I'm going to do that and because I'm going to be better than that person. Well, what if they're father happens to be the CEO of Goldman Sachs or on the board at Goldman Sachs, or they've had 17 family members throughout the years work at Goldman Sachs. That's that's advantageous. And again, you can do like the first person, get pissed and, and feel envious. Or two, you can keep trying to be so good that you're going to somehow overcome all these advantages that person has. Or you can just say, I don't have to be better than that person. I just got to focus on me. And if by focusing on being the best version of myself leads to my goal, my outcome that remember, remember what I always say about outcomes. You set them, you set the goals, you know what they are, and then you you walk away. Then it becomes a matter of inputs. It's determining those things that are going to hedge for success to ultimately lead to that output. You do everything within your abilities. You exercise as much of your own potential as possible to reach that outcome, but that becomes the goal. The goals start to look like consistency, discipline, taking those actions that will lead to that outcome that you desire. That's what matters. Okay, so when you start doing that, then as an ancillary benefit, if your goal is to be a partner at Goldman Sachs and you only focus on developing your skills, your talents, your abilities, then all of a sudden, all the advantages that other individual that you're trying to be better than has, they don't matter because you cannot control those. You can't change those. The only thing you can control is you. 
And I'm telling you, it will. And, and we live in a world now where it's so easy to see what everybody else is doing, what they have. I mean, from LinkedIn, let's let's not even beat up on Instagram and the typical social media. But look, I know there have been times I have looked through LinkedIn and I see the jobs and the things that a lot of my my friends from from undergrad or graduate school or whatever that are doing. I'm like, oh, man, now look at their past. I mean, I'm old now, right? I'm, I've been in the workforce over two decades. So I'm looking at these things that they're doing. I'm going, man, they are just crushing it. And what am I doing? And, and it's so easy to see how well everyone is doing. And if you just start to compare yourself and say, oh, I'm going to be better than that. You know, they're, they're a senior VP. Well, watch this. I'm going to go become a CEO. It's only going to make you miserable and frustrated. Instead, determine what the best version of you looks like. Now, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're so focused on being the best version of yourself, then the only thing that you can do is make up for the deficiencies. Here's what I mean. So let's go back to East Coast comparison that we have out there that has all these advantages, born to privilege, but I mean, just every advantage, fill in the cliches, they've got them all and you have none of them. If you will start to focus on what you have, what your talents are, what your gifts are, the abilities you have, and you start to leverage those, that's the only way you will overcome the deficiencies that you don't, that you can, that you have the advantages that you don't have, you have to figure out ways because you're so laser focused on figuring out. Okay, I don't have that legacy status at Harvard. I don't have the seven family members that work at Goldman Sachs. So what do I have? What do I have to work with? How can I make that better? How can I improve upon that? And here's what becomes fun when you you if you just compare it to yourself then all of a sudden the, the journey becomes a lot more fun because you can see that improvement. If you're just comparing yourself, trying to be better than a bunch of people you can't control, that's a moving target. That's a moving target that you just literally have no control over. I once had a boss that he did this thing where uh, he, was, he was making the point of we can only control what we can control. And he drew a circle on a whiteboard and in the middle he wrote things we can control. Outside, he wrote, things we cannot control. He said, what we're going to do on this team is we're going to focus on those things that are in our circle. And is it's so simple. It's really a simple idea, but it's so hard for so many of us to get our mind around because it's so easy to see what everyone else is doing, and it's a natural instinct to let that be a reflection on the things that we are not doing the things that we think we deserve in life, but we're not getting. And we tend to look at people and we think we know all their circumstances. We like, I, I have done it. I have looked at people and I said, how in the heck is that guy doing that when I knew them years ago? I know I'm smarter. I know I'm brighter. I know I've got more gifts and talents. What the hell? Well, you know what? It might have just been pure dumb, dumb luck that got him the job. They got him in the door. I've got one fraternity brother that was a complete buffoon in undergrad. I think he graduated after six years. He was a complete moron, a little rich kid that was dumb. And then I look up about 15 years later, and he's crushing it at one of the leading consulting firms 
in the country. And I'm like, how in the hell does that happen? How can I not be where he is? Well, who knows? Maybe he completely shaped up and just really, you know, grew up and and gave himself a lot of tools, gifts that, you know, he didn't have before. Maybe he had some random advantage. Maybe there was nepotism. Who knows? Who cares? The bottom line is I've just listed out a bunch of things that I have absolutely zero control over. So the best I can do is just go figure out what tools I have that I can sharpen, what tools I don't, I, that I don't have that I need, go get them and become the best version of myself. And here's what I really want for you. And this is why I, I'm, I, if you can feel a little bit of passion coming through your headphones or however you're, you're absorbing this content, it's because I'm a guy that lived so long with a fixed mindset, meaning I thought that you were born with certain gifts and talents or you weren't. And if you weren't and you were born to a small little East Texas town where there's no networking with people from Fortune 500 companies and those sorts of things and you and your parents, they're not country club people. They're not networking. They don't take trips to the Cape and to the Hamptons and you don't and they don't go to Aspen every summer so that you just can't you kind of grow up with these people and then and then you didn't get to go to a big university that is a, is known for having a powerful nationwide or even global network. You didn't you didn't do all that. And so I would see people that had this and I would just get I'd be miserable. If I don't have all that, then how am I gonna make up for that? Because I've got this fixed mindset. I wasn't born with any of that. I'm not I don't have a super amount of Bill Gates, Elon Musk uh, type uh, mental bandwidth. I don't have all those gifts. I mean, look, Jason Wright, this dude, I can run fast and jump high and speak into a microphone kind of well. That's about it. I can string a few sentences together on paper. Wasn't gifted with things that, were, that have a lot of utility value out in the marketplace. No one, I mean, I can still, folks, I can really, I, I can, I can jump really high. It's awesome. And I can run pretty fast for an old dude. Really can. Can do a lot of pull-ups. Can do that. That's kind of cool. I can almost do a 2,000-meter row in seven minutes on my Concept2 concept rower. Not much market value for any of that. And because of that fact, I used to be miserable because I would see all these other people that were doing all these cool things. I did think I was pretty sharp. I'm, you know, kind of, you know, I, I had some things going, what's, what's the deal? And so finally I just turned the focus now, not navel gazing, not sitting here trying to be some introspective philosopher that's constantly consumed with myself, but taking my eye off what others are doing and things I can't control and taking a strong look, I mean, putting under a microscope the things that I can control, the things I can be better at doing. Going back to Coach Wooden, this was his whole philosophy for coaching. It was, gentlemen, we are going to play. I'm going to coach you to the best of my ability. I'm not going to try to be like any other NCAA coach out there. I'm going to be the best John Wooden I can possibly be. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to be on time. I'm not going to keep you late. I'm going to respect you. I'm going to develop you into good, upstanding, productive, young men. I'm going to teach you integrity. Integrity. I'm going to teach you how to fight. I'm going to teach you to value yourself. These are the things I'm going to do. Those are all within my control. And as for you, the player, 
I want you to show up on time. I want you to, to look sharp. I want you to be clean. He was very big on his players being clean, sharp, kind of butted heads with Bill Walton back, back in the day because people started wearing their hair longer and he wanted his, and, not, and he always required his uh, players to have shaved faces. Um, but he coached these kids to play to as close to their potential, their full potential as possible. Because guess what? Not one of his players had any control over their opponent's potential. They had no control over how many times their opponent would practice, how many free throws their opponent would take. They only had control over how many free throws they would take. They only had control over how hard they would practice. They only had control over the things they would do to make themselves better than the player they were the year before, the day before, the week before, the game before. That is the only thing they could control. He who conquers his mind conquers the world. When you start to conquer your mind, thus conquering yourself, and you start to, you start, I mean, an incredible rivalry, a maddening rivalry, one that you get so freaking fired up about and excited about, a rivalry with your past self in hopes of making your future self something that past self could never contend with. When you start to look at your past self and go, wow, if that Jason Wright had to go head-to-head against this Jason Wright, game over, game over. And I can tell you that. I can, I, can, I can look back even on the way I approach problems today, arguments, debates, just living life, things I worry about, things I don't worry about. I can look at, I can look at myself today, compare it to the old Jason or yesterday Jason that I've hopefully improved upon at least 1% a day over all these years and go, that guy was a clown. He didn't have a chance. And part of the reason why is because he wasn't, he wasn't focused on making himself better, doing the little things that aren't sexy, that aren't cool, that, that no one sees. Instead, he was so focused on trying to be better or at least as good as all those people that he admired around him that he thought had success that he wasn't even really paying attention to doing the little things that would make him better. But fortunately, somewhere along the way, he caught the clue. He got the playbook and started saying, you know what? Screw what everybody else is doing. I don't have to be better than anybody else. I just got to be better than the guy I was yesterday. And that's my message to you. Little encouragement. Little encouragement. Stop beating yourself up for some of the crap that you pulled in your life. And we've all pulled some crap. I have, you have, we all have. Some of you listening to this, you look down at your body and you're like, what the hell? What have I done? Quit beating yourself up. Every day is a new life for a wise man. Dale Carnegie, it's true. Start today and go, you know what? And look, don't look at yourself and go, God, I got to get, I had somebody call me that I love dearly. She said, I've got to lose 50 pounds. No, you don't. You have to lose 50 pounds. You just got to start eating a little better. Start eating less than what you're eating, exercising, moving more. And then let's see if we can get a pound off. Two pounds, three pounds, four pounds. 
You don't have to lose 50 pounds. If you think you need to lose 50 pounds, no, the first thing you need to lose, one pound, eight ounces. Chill out. Chill out. Don't be so damn hard on yourself. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop trying to be better than someone that you have no freaking control over. Stop. Stop. Look, you look at somebody out there that has, that they're driving a McLaren and you're like, crap. I'm going to be better than that that guy. I'm going to I'm going to be better. I'm going to have my McLaren. Well, what if while you're not looking, they win the freaking lottery and buy three McLarens? How how are you going to control that? Are you going to look up on there and go, oh my god, they got three McLarens? Oh my god, they were driving a blue one yesterday. Now they got the orange one, and now they got the midlife crisis yellow. You kidding me? How am I going to compare to that? You're not because you have no control over what they're doing. You only have control over what you're doing. Chill out. Stop. Stop. Stop being so dang hard on yourself. And one of the most punishing, self-abusing things any of us can do is to compare ourselves with others and think we're somehow going to be better than that person. Just be better than yesterday. Yesterday, you. All right. I'm very passionate about this. This I can speak with such passion about this because it has had such an adverse impact on my life. And whenever I finally realized I'm never going to be better than anyone that I'm going to pick because I'm going to go pick some people that are doing some pretty sweet stuff. And besides, it's just fruitless. It's stupid. It's frustrating. I don't like a frustrating life. I like a cool, chill life. I like a positive life. I like a fun life. I like a rewarding, joyful life. I don't like a life that's full of drudgery and misery. So my encouragement to you is stop. Stop comparing yourself. Don't do not do that. But I will say this. Now here's the tough love. Get out there and be the best version of yourself because I'm selfish. I want to see I don't want you showing up being the the half ass you. I don't want you showing up being the sloppy you. I don't want you I don't want you still showing up being the half potential you. No, ins- I want to be inspired when I'm around you. Now, call me selfish whatever. I'm sorry, but I do. And because I know that you'll be more full of joy and full of happiness and it won't be for me to, to judge. I, I hope that you'll show up and you'll be like, dude, J-Dub, you're not going to lose. I was listening to your podcast. You were ranting and raving and you sounded kind of like a madman. I didn't know what was happening, but some, there was some sentence I found in there that kind of stuck with me about just trying to be a little bit better today than I was yesterday. And you know what, Jason? You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to feel it when you're around me. You may not know this, but I can tell you, brother, I'm a little better than I was yesterday and I'm, a little, I'm way better than I was a month ago. And I'm going to give you a big bear hug. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bro hug it out. And I'm going to be so proud and happy. And, and because if, you're, if, you, if you say that to me, <clears throat> then that means that you're full of more joy. You're full of more happiness. Man, I just believe that we, I don't care who the human being is, that um, what the circumstances are. And there's some of, we're all, it's all relative. Some of us are born to just terrible, horrible, awful circumstances. And I can't, you know, let me tell you something. I don't complain. I mean, I made the comparison earlier about being a, uh, just a country boy from Sulphur Springs, Texas, you know, East Texas. But man, I wouldn't trade it for all the money, all the degrees in the world. 
I love where I'm from. I love where I, the, 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 the gifts, the tools the, that I've been given. I love every, I, the, the older I get, the more I appreciate. And then this, that brings up a point, brings up a point. When you start to reflect on your environment, your circumstances, the gifts you've been given, the tools that you wish you had but didn't, the money you wish you'd been born to but you weren't, the network you wish your folks had that they don't, what you start to do is appreciate more the little bitty things that you do have. But not only that, you will start to appreciate the fact you didn't have the other things. Because what you will be forced to do is find a way to overcome those deficiencies. And when you can figure that out, then, then you'll finally reach this point where like, you know, I'm reaching the midpoint of life. Some, I mean, I think 50 is the midpoint for me. That's midpoint. And I'm going past. Okay, so really it's not even the midpoint. I'm living to at least 109, 110. But as I look back at this point in my life, the things that it once, it once upon a time that I used to piss and moan about and feel like, oh, well, not fair. I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to do that. Now I'm like, but yeah, but you had to figure out how to overcome that. And, and it led to you meeting people and appreciating friendships and appreciating the networking and the mentors. You know, let me tell you something real quick. I want to give a, um, I want to give uh, some credit to some, a couple guys. I'm going to give you two names that none of you probably know. John Atkins and Jim Bayless. These are two men that probably, gosh, now over 20 years ago, I met through different circumstances. And whenever you're a kid and you're growing up and you don't have these types of mentors, you don't have these accomplished people around you, then whenever you do meet these folks, you're like, you really start to, if you're smart, and that was one of the things I guess I was kind of smart about is I would, I would, I latched on to these two men and for some reason, they took an interest in me, and they have been incredible mentors to me for my entire life. I've, and I, I don't take that for granted. I, I literally look at myself and go, I'm so lucky that I have these two men in my life that have opened doors for me, have made introductions for me. Had I grown up in the East Coast or even Dallas, Houston, country club setting where these just would have been family friends and you know, wouldn't, would I have appreciated those friendships and those mentorships as much? I don't know. I, I don't know. So now that now, as I look back, there was a time when I look back, I thought, you know, my dad was a small business owner. He wasn't hobnobbing and trying to network. and all that. He was making a living, working his tail off, doing the best he could. He wasn't doing those other things. And so therefore there was no network to help me get into college. When I came out of college, it wasn't there. I had to build it myself. And so now that I look back and I go, I, I had to take that circumstance that I came from of being basically a nobody from nowhere and start to try to build upon it. It makes you appreciate it that, more, that much more. So my, my point to you is this. If you have some crappy circumstances that you're struggling through right now, then I, I promise if you will take this approach 
if you will, instead of turning your eyes outward toward the people and the circumstances you have no control over, and instead move them to your circle that holds all the things you do control, then you will start to actually, I mean, it's weird, it sounds crazy, but you will actually start to appreciate some of the deficiencies that you were born into because you, because you have to work harder. And when you overcome them, you really appreciate them more because you learn survival skills, tactics, tools that others just take for granted. You learn, and there's nothing that will bring you more joy, more peace, and fight um, depression like gratitude. You start to have gratitude for those, for those things. So that's it. I hope that this message falls on joyful, ambitious, you know, inward focused eyes on that's, that's, that's what I, I just hope. I don't even know if that last sentence made sense. What I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to convey is I just hope you're happy. I hope you're full of joy and I hope you're not too hard on yourself. Quit looking outward at things you can't control and turn those eyes to the things you can and then get after it. All right. And if you do this, then I know, I know that I know that I know you will, my friends, in fact, improve always and always. I'm Jason and I'm out. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget, download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, The Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out.